my goodness me, I still think selling is sleazy. You see, when most people think about marketing, they think about sales. And selling is often synonymous with the snake oil salesman. But the truth is, people don't like to be sold to. They don't like to hear, come buy my stuff. Welcome to the Influential Woman podcast, where I talk about the lessons I've learned building my business and the tools and strategies you can use to make your mission of getting your message seen, heard and out there possible. Don't have a big team or consider yourself a solopreneur? I got you covered. Listen in as I show you how to simplify your business and your life. Okay. I get it. I get it. You're a coach, consultant, service professional, and you hate marketing. And I so understand where you're coming from because I didn't find marketing natural either. Say what? Trish, you've got an MBA. I know I have an MBA, but honestly, they taught us about the four P's of marketing. And I swear I fell asleep during that session because I found it so, so tiring and so boring. And for you as a coach, consultant, you may be a health professional or whatever, and you've come into this business, you've come online because somebody told you that it's going to be easier. You don't have to have a physical location. You don't have to have people coming into your doors. And so surely it must be so much easier marketing online. And then you realize that you've got to learn this piece of software, that piece of software. You've got to learn about email marketing. You've got to learn about how to actually get attention on social media media and all you want to do is just help people and this is getting in the way of you helping people and again I so understand where you're coming from. So to get over this what you've done is you've signed up to the all-in-one software platform because everybody has told you that this is going to be the easiest way for you to market your business online all you've got to do is set it up and then it's just going to spit out money like clockwork and then you did it and you waited and you waited, and you waited, and you waited. Crickets. Yeah. But let me just give you a little bit of a background and some context as to the reason I am recording this podcast, right? I was actually on Facebook, in a Facebook group actually dedicated to a particular all-in-one platform. And this was a few weeks ago. And a member of the group who also happens to be a health practitioner, right? She wrote a post and she said, goodbye to this particular platform because she said she had been using it. I believe it was two years that she'd been using the software and she had made zero sales. So naturally people kind of came to a rescue almost to say, hey, you know, before you give up, you know, what is the problem, et cetera, et cetera. And anyway, going to and fro, asking her questions. It was very apparent that she had set this thing up and she had done nothing to market her services. And in the end, she got agitated when somebody said to her, well, it's no wonder that you've actually made no money because you literally have done nothing except set this software up. You need to be marketing your business. And she was agitated and she responded with, I don't want to market online. I'm a coach. I just want to help people. And it was like, whoa. And me, I kind of had to put my fingers away, right? Because I wanted to put finger to keyboard and say, you've just blasted to the whole world or the whole group anyway, why you're not making any money in your business. But I refrained because I just thought, you know what, Trish, don't get involved in this. You know, this woman's hurting enough as it is, but she's making a serious mistake. But what was really, really interesting was she carried on 
to say that she had made a million dollars in sales offline. And so in essence, she was nicely telling everyone else to naff off because she knows what she's doing. She knows how to market. And I thought, wow, but this is the difference, right? There is a difference between having a brick and mortar business and having someone walking into your practice and having a billboard outside, putting a few ads in, you know, your local newspaper, etc. She may have been absolutely fantastic at doing that, but you get online and it's a totally different animal. And for me, personally, I felt that she was being a little bit arrogant because she just assumed that because she'd made a million dollars or pounds or whatever it was offline, that she was just going to come online and treat it like an offline business, you know, that people would just pass by and pop in and, you know, make an appointment. And obviously it doesn't work like that. And she just didn't get it. After two years, after two years of actually working online, she had made nothing with this particular software and blamed the tool and was saying bye-bye. And then when people came to her or tried to come to her aid, she blew them off because she's made her million dollars, pounds or whatever offline and she doesn't need anybody's advice. I'm kind of trying to click my fingers here, right? But I'm terrible. <laughs> I can't click my fingers. Right? But you get what I mean, right? The attitude that came with it. But honestly, I really do get that coaches, consultants, health practitioners, etc. They want to be helping people. They're not like us internet marketers who salivate at the thought or announcement of a new software. And it's like, yeah, I really want to get onto this. And okay, I came on as a coach. I really didn't want to learn the tech, but because I was a little bit techie anyway, it didn't really bother me. And I won't go through my story now, but I kind of fell into this. I inadvertently fell into business coaching as I struggled to actually get somebody to build my website who knew about getting found online. All they wanted to do was make my website look pretty. And at that point, I knew enough about SEO that I realized that pretty websites alone is not going to get me the gig. I actually need people to be able to find me online and finding the right person was really, really difficult. So my husband actually suggested that I build my own and I was like, what? And anyway, it's a long story and I did say I wasn't going to tell the story here. But in the end, I learned WordPress and when my site went live, people actually started asking me who did your website and told them I did the actual blog element of it. And anyway, that's history. And then I actually started building people's WordPress websites. And that's how I became the accidental business coach. But I digress. Let me go back to what I was talking about. Let me just talk for a minute about how offline marketing is different to marketing online. And I have alluded to this, but let me kind of give some context to this and, you know, go a little bit deeper into what is actually happening, right? So let's assume that the business in question is a private practice of some kind. And what she's used to is going to networking events, Chamber of Commerce, the Institute of Directors, putting local ads in the newspapers, etc. And that kind of thing may have really, really worked for her. You know, the face-to-face -face element, you know, going to the networking meetings or putting ads in the local newspapers where they are going to find her easily. And then, of course, you can turn up to the networking events, exchange business cards, etc., send out emails to people. You don't even have to use 
if you can get away with it, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you can get away with it, you don't even have to use email software. You just send an email to somebody and say, hey, I met you at so-and-so, so-and-so, and I'm a therapist or whatever I might be. Why don't you come in for a free session? And there you have it. They've made that connection. Now they have a client and probably a client for life because they've met them in person and probably will meet them again. And then that person will have an experience and then go and tell other people and other people will learn about this particular coach or therapist or whatever it might be. And so then word of mouth gets around. Somebody says, oh my gosh, I need let's for argument's sake say that she's a chiropractor my gosh this poor person must have uh, an identity crisis now because she's a coach one minute a therapist another but right let's just say that she's a chiropractor and then somebody says oh my gosh you know I've been having all these problems with my back and the person that she met at the networking event says oh I know somebody she works on you know 11th street or whatever you should go see her here's her number and the next thing is Miss Coach, practitioner, chiropractor, whatever, has a new client. Fantastic. Referrals by word of mouth actually works. But online, it doesn't work like that. You can still network online for sure. So whilst it might not be in person, you do have the opportunity of getting on Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Instagram, all of these others, right? But you are going to have to learn how the platform works. And if you decide to use more than one platform, if you're using Facebook or you're using LinkedIn or you're using YouTube, all of the platforms are different. They're not all the same. And for every single platform that you use, you're going to have to learn a different facet of how that platform works. Now, if this lady decides to move from, and I'm going to use England, right? This is where I'm from. If this lady decides to move from London to Bath and she moves her location. All she's doing is moving her location. It might be different people. And I agree that she would have to rebuild her clientele, but she can do the same things. Go to the networking meetings, go to Chamber of Commerce and uh, all of those kind of things. Get into the Chamber of Commerce book, put a billboard outside, get people to refer other people to her. Not a lot has changed apart from the location. Very, very different online. You learn Facebook and then you decide, ah, I'm going to go and learn Instagram. It's a whole new ball game. There is an opportunity though, because there is an opportunity to meet a different set of people. And so the opportunities are endless, but it doesn't come without the learning. And it's clear, as I said, I don't want to bash this lady, but she really didn't want to have anything to do with marketing online for her. That just wasn't for her, right? She's probably like many who just think selling is sleazy. And my goodness me, I still think selling is sleazy, right? But how do we make it unsleazy, right? How do we turn something that can be considered as marketing salesman snake oil kind of process into something that is slick and smooth and unique and authentic. You see, when most people think about marketing, they think about sales and selling is often synonymous with the snake oil salesman, as I said. But the truth is people don't like to be sold to. They don't like to hear, come buy my stuff. 
type of marketing, right? That can be really, really off-putting. And that's not just to the people that you might be selling to. It it could well be a stumbling block to you too. You know, you who's actually doing the marketing, because as I said, you think this process is really sleazy and manipulating people to buy. Some very good marketers are very inclined to do. It's also a short term strategy. And basically, if you just keep doing that, you're just going to increase the refund rate and potentially have the payment processor company just ban you or you just get a bad rap in the marketplace. And you could have a bad rap when you're on the high street. Right. And people just think "Mm, that person's not very good. But getting word of mouth around to tell people that you're really bad can actually take some time so you can recover quite quickly Online, let me tell you, these keyboard warriors, yeah, you make a mistake at nine o'clock in the morning and by 9.02, <laughs> okay, I'm exaggerated, but anyway, you get my drift, right? That word of mouth can go around a lot, lot faster. And if people want to badmouth you or hurt you, they can do a lot of damage online. And so you want to stay away from the sleaze. You don't want to be contaminated, as it were, with that kind of marketing. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you because as I said, I don't do it either. I had to find a way of marketing that wasn't sleazy because I was not going to be doing the come buy my stuff kind of thing. So I suppose the question you're actually asking now is how do you market when you don't want to market? (laughs) Right. It sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, but yeah, how do you market when you don't want to market? And the first thing I would say to you is that you need to think value rather than marketing. And when it comes to marketing online, far too many people think platforms or software or automation tools, but basically they have zero strategy for using any of them. And so like this lady, they just get this piece of software set it up as everybody has told them and expect to go to bed and wake up the next morning and they're going to get sales. And for me personally, I can't even understand how somebody would think like that. But on the other hand, I can maybe think that somebody can think like that because if they've been listening since the 80s, 90s about the dot com, and then of course there was a dot com boom, they then think that, you know, you make money on autopilot somehow the search engines just know to send people over to you. So for me as a marketer, I can't understand it. But also for me as a marketer, I can understand it because I've been following the trend that has been going on over the years. I mean, gosh, I started off in business in 2002, even though I didn't really kick off until 2006. But I have been a part of the history, as it were, and seen how things have changed and how people have manipulated people to believe that marketing online is this thing that you can just do in 24 hours and you're going to be just having money just come in like an ATM. You know, you go into an ATM and you put a card in and uh, tap in a few numbers and a whole load of money comes out. Only they didn't tell you how you're going to get that money into (laughs) the ATM, as in in your bank account in the first place. And so this is where people actually get confused. And so, as I often say, it's not their fault, right? Because strategy aside, what they have heard a lot of the times is about tactics. How do I implement this tactic that's actually going to get me what I want, is going to get me the best clients and therefore give me enough money to be able to live on and some 
And then, of course, when the tactics don't work and they rarely do, then they're upset and they blame the software. And the reason tactics don't work, by the way, is because if you don't have a strategy behind the tactic, all you're doing is jumping on a piece of software, an automation tool, whatever it might be, and copying what somebody else has done without understanding the strategy behind the tactics. If you don't understand the strategy behind the tactics, you're already dead in the water before you've even got in the water, if you get my drift, right? But how do you think value, right? I said to you, the first thing is that you want to think value rather than marketing. If you're a coach and you're thinking of value, right? How would you answer a good friend if they said to you, what do you do or how can you help me? If you imagine both of you having coffee and you're having a natural conversation with this person, you're asking them questions, let's go back to the chiropractor. What kind of pains are they getting? When are they getting them? What are the pains like, etc., etc.? And they're telling you the answer and then you are explaining to them what is happening. Suddenly they realize that you understand my pain and you understand my condition and I want you to fix it for me. And I'm going to give you a quick story here. One of my clients from some years ago, she had a problem where she just kept going to all of these doctors and effectively her doctor told her in the end, you're a hypochondriac, <laughs> right? I laugh because I just kind of think, wow, the audacity of some of these doctors. But anyway, that's by the by. So she decided that she was going to go private. So she spent some money to go to London so she lived in England as well. And she went to see a specialist doctor in London and she's describing her problems to this doctor. And he says, just hold on here one minute. And then he goes into a room and he calls another doctor and brings this other doctor back. And he says, describe to Dr. So-and-so what you have just described to me. And she was like, oh, and she basically described the conditions that she had. And the doctor actually turned around and said to her, you are suffering with, and I can't remember the exact terminology that she used, but effectively that she was hyperventilating. It was all to do with her breathing. And I can't remember how many sessions she actually had with this particular doctor, but all of her problems were solved. And I am talking about things that you would think that you've got arthritis, asthma, bronchitis, just a myriad of issues she had and it was all to do with her breathing. And so she did start a business. She's a more mature lady. And so she's given it up now. But she did actually have a business called Healthy Breathing Works. And that's what she helped people to do, to actually be able to breathe properly. And I'm not saying it was a cure-all. So I'm not a doctor. I'm not a practitioner. So don't take this as read. But basically, she was helping people to breathe and particularly one of the things that she dealt with was anxiety because that was one of her biggest problems was the anxiety that she had. And she even had a physical practice at one point and had to give it up where the anxiety was just so bad. But going back to her story, how do you think she felt? In fact, actually, I tell you how she felt when the doctor told her that this is what you have and it's to do with her breathing she burst into tears and he said, why are you crying? And she said, because I have been for the last, and I can't remember how many years, it was a good number of years, going to every single doctor and they've told me 
I'm a hypochondriac, but I knew there was something wrong. And the doctor was wondering why she's crying because he's told her what she's got and that there's a solution to the problem. And here she is bawling her eyes out. And that was the reason, because she actually found somebody who understood the predicament that she'd been going through for years. And no longer does she have to be labeled a hypochondriac. And more importantly, she's going to have a solution to her problem. Now, wouldn't you like to be that doctor? Wouldn't you like to be the doctor who, his name was Dr. Lum, by the way, I think it's L-U-M-M, is it? Anyway, however you spelt it, his name was Dr. Lum. He passed away um, a good number of years ago now. But wouldn't you like to be a Dr. Lum where you have somebody that you're talking to who literally starts crying or laughing even, or wanting to come and hug you because you have just told them what is going on with them and that there is a fix for this problem that they're having. That is how you give value. And I know online, we're all afraid to give away too much. Don't want to give away the farm. We don't want to tell people, you know, that this is what you need to do because people might go away and try it for themselves and not come and use you, right? True and false. True that some people will go away and they will use your ideas and your solutions that you give out for free and they may be able to, as it were, cure themselves. But there are going to be those who are going to become running to you and saying, will you please work with me? Can I work with you? But also remember, even those people whom you've given away valuable free stuff to, and they've gone away, they haven't paid the money for one reason or another. It might be that they don't have the money. It might be that their skin flints and they actually don't want to pay the money. But however it is, can you imagine if then somebody comes to them and says, oh my gosh, I've got the same problem. Let's go back to the chiropractor. I've got this really bad back, etc., etc." And And this person says, ah, there's this lady online or man online, whatever, who has these videos up and or all of this information. And I use that and I actually did the exercises and look at me, I no longer walk with a stick or whatever it might be. You should go and have a look, this lady says, or man says, whatever, right? So they go and have a look and they don't wanna do what Sally did, do it herself. They want to go find this lady because they want to be able to get the professional advice. So now they come along to you and they say, I was told about you by Sally, right? And the next thing is, you now have a client that you didn't even have to advertise for. So if you're always thinking about giving value in that way, just being you basically, just being authentically you and just explaining to people what is going on, there are going to be those people who will come and pay you for the information that you've described. I always use the example of the plumber, right? A plumber could come to my house and explain to me, the washer's gone on your tap and this is what you need to do. And then take this washer out and replace it with this, blah, blah, blah. This part is called whatever it might be. I'm telling you, the only thing I'm going to say is, yeah, thank you very much for that. Name me your price because I couldn't care less how intricate he is with his explanations as to how to change that tap. I'm not going to touch that tap. Come and fix it. In fact, the other day we had a leak in one of our toilets in the main bathroom and I told my dad, who's a plumber, and 
he's doing the diagnosis, asking me, is the drip coming from here? Is it coming from there? I think it's coming from wherever when I describe it to him. And he says, get a spanner and just do a tiny turn on the nut, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's just say my dad came three days after and I had not touched it. <laughs> And uh, and he came because he had some other work to do here. And I said to him, Pa, I have not done anything in that bathroom. And he said, don't worry about it. That's okay. And exactly what he told me to do was exactly the problem. Right. So can you see what my dad was doing was asking me where the leak was coming from, because I thought it was coming from the section. We've got a flexible hose right on the underneath of the water closet. Let's just be genteel like the Americans and not just be raw and call it toilet. <laughs> but uh, That's what we call it here. Right. The toilet. But we've got a flexible hose. And I thought it was at the point where you can turn the water on and off to stop the what do you call it? Anyway, stop it filling up. And my dad wasn't convinced when I told him and exactly what he said was the problem was exactly the problem. So I didn't even have to buy any spare parts or, or anything. And he came and fixed it. I wasn't touching that toilet. And I'm telling you, I wasn't getting my husband to touch it either, because if he touches anything to do with water, I know that we're going to have a flood. <laughs> Thank God for daddy. But had my dad not been around, I would have had to pay somebody to come and do it because I am not picking up that spanner and turning that nut because I know what can happen with water. One slight turn too tight and you've got a big problem on your hands. There are people out there who will be running to work with you because they are not the DIYers. They do not want to do it themselves. And so if you consider that all the time, and when you're writing your blog posts, when you're posting on social media, when you're having conversations with people on the telephone, don't be salesy, be valuable. Give them the information that they need to know what is going on. And as I said, they may come to you, they may not. But if you do that over and over and over again, there is going to be a percentage of people, a good percentage of people who will come to you who will want to work with you and the more you have those kind of conversations online the easier it is going to get for you until it's like clockwork and then people get to know your name I don't want to sound like a broken record because I've already said this but you get my drift right just be you just be you and educate your audience educate your audience because by doing that you're creating valuable information you're creating valuable content that your readers listeners watchers whatever can pass on to somebody else share personal stories and experiences people love to hear those you know talk about a time when you helped somebody with a similar situation and this is what happened because to that person, that is already a result because now psychologically they are thinking to themselves, if you help that person and that person have the same problem as me, they're already seeing themselves fixed, healed, whatever you want to call it. And so when you actually do that by using those personal stories, they have put themselves in the shoes of that person who had the result that they want and they already see themselves with the result. They're yours now, baby they're willing to work with you. They just want you to name your price and you have probably got a client for life. And one of the other things that you can do is actually engage with your audience. And I don't just mean your audience as in people who might comment on your post. 
go into other forums and honestly, if you're a coach and you do health, for example, you know that there is so much misinformation out there, right? And then you get these people who have read a little bit of a book and they think they know everything and then they'll they'll go online and they'll say, yeah, what you've got to do is this, this, this and this. For example, again, I'm going to go back to my client that I uh, worked with. She said the amount of people that use the brown paper bag solution, I don't know what you want to call it, but apparently you blow into a brown paper bag if you're having an anxiety attack and she was explaining just how bad that is and unfortunately some of this information comes from people who should know better right but one thing that I have learned especially when it comes to health professionals is that if somebody has told them they won't necessarily go and do their homework to actually find out whether this is the case or not but anyway I won't say exactly what she said the problem is because again I would be like one of those people the keyboard warrior inside these groups on Facebook giving information and I don't know Jack (laughs) so you can go into these forums and answer questions and explain certain things to people so don't just rely on you talking to your audience tap into somebody else's audience and actually start sharing the same things as you would do with a friend that you're having coffee with who has a problem and a couple of other things that you can do you can host webinars and Q&A sessions and get people to come and ask you questions you know in terms of the work that you do the solutions you provide and the other thing is to be consistent right to consistently show up because Your name will be recognized in the end on the interweb, as I like to call it. People will actually pick your name up and it will be synonymous with whatever it is that you do. And when you actually do that, it will make it easier over time to actually get clients. I know initially it is quite hard and nobody wants to take that first step because that first post is going to feel awkward, but it's doing it over and over and over again. And also as well, just like I've done on this podcast, don't be afraid to sound like a broken record because if you are providing a solution to one person, you can bet your bottom dollar that so many other people out there require this same solution because they're looking for the same result. And so even though you might be answering questions daily, doing videos and thinking, oh my gosh, I did a video that was very similar to that yesterday or a blog post or a post on social media and it's very similar to what I talked about yesterday. Certain people need the answer from different angles. Just take a different angle of what you're going to talk about and come at the solution from a different angle and put it out there and honestly you will then realize that somebody who may have been seeing you for years even suddenly see something where you approach it from a different angle and suddenly they get it they get that haha moment and they reach out to you so these were just a few things that I hope actually will help you to understand how the tech can help you but also how the tech can be a stumbling block if you're relying on the tech to do everything for you. So if you are that coach or consultant and you just don't like marketing, if you think 
about value and put that value into building your email list, even in terms of learning how to get traffic to a landing page, because you have to get your message out there in a way that is going to resonate with the people that you want to attract. So if you're looking at the tech stuff, try and think every single time it's about your message. It's about getting clear on your message rather than I am looking for this piece of software to do everything for me. And then the other thing is, right, if you're stuck on the software, but you can only do the 20% that's going to do 80% of the work, focus on that 20% and don't worry about the 80%. Get your message clear. Use the software to get your message out there. And you can always then go back and learn a little bit more about the software later on. Just as an example, People use ClickFunnels, Kajabi, uh, Kartra, all of these pieces of software, which personally, I think that if you are just starting out online, they are too complicated for what most people need. I will just say that. So what I recommend is that people go and use something like Aweber or ConvertKit or what's the other one, MailerLite, and start off by using their free templates that they have to build landing pages and just send people to your landing page for right now. So don't worry about setting up this creme de la creme email marketing solution and creating this lovely fancy website. Just tell people about the problem that you can solve for them by using just one landing page and then just taking the view that if and when later on, you can come back and learn more about the software, right? So I'm just putting that out there that I happen to think that one of the reasons why coaches and consultants and health practitioners, etc., hate marketing is because they hate the tech. And it is because even though all in one solutions were created to actually help people to not have to worry about the tech, there are too many moving parts. And as a result, people get stuck, they get confused, and they're already paying $100, $200 per month for this piece of software. And then on top of that, now somebody wants five, six, seven, eight thousand $8,000 to actually set the thing up for them. So they're already almost 10 grand down before they even start getting business. Great if you're in that position, but not everybody is. So I'm just saying, don't let the tech be a stumbling block to you. Find easier ways of doing things. And I'll just finish off by saying, just giving an example. Yesterday, somebody asked a question on the forum. What piece of software do you use to connect this other piece of software that they're using? So they were talking about something to do with Circle. So I went back and I mentioned the two pieces of software that I use. And so they started asking me questions and I gave them the answer. And then somebody wrote, if you're worried about subscribers not unsubscribing in this software, what I do is every month I go into my payment processor and I see all the people who have purchased. And if it shows that they've canceled, I then go into the software and I just cancel them. And I just went, Oh my gosh, I absolutely love this simplicity, 100%. Now, can you see this person, otherwise, with the solution I was recommending, they're going to have to pay about $40 per month to use this piece of software. Plus, they may have to get somebody to set it up for them. Ah, 
thinking about it myself. I mean, I've learned it, but it took a long time. It's frustration before they even start. Where if they really know that they are not techie and they really do not want to learn the software, this lady had it down pat. Just get a list of all of your subscribers, have a look at it. And if they have unsubscribed or their payment failed or whatever, you just go into the software and you just delete them. Simple, simple. There's always an easier way. So don't let the marketing get in the way of you helping people. There is somebody out there waiting for you to help them. And if you just give up online because of the tech element, there are loads of people out there who are going to miss out on what you have to offer. That's like suppressing your voice when you have a voice. So I hope that's been useful. And if you have any questions, you can find me on Facebook or I don't really use Instagram that much, Facebook or LinkedIn and ask away. I'd love to help you. I actually offer a 30 minute, what I call map accelerator call, right? Where we actually map out your next steps, where I will help you to get clear on what it is that you want to do. There is no obligation. If you just go to the influentialwoman.com forward slash call, you can actually schedule a call with me. And basically, I'll just be happy to get you on the right track. If we end up working together, absolutely fantastic. If not, God bless you. And you can move on and actually go do your next thing. Okay, that's it. Ciao for now. See you the next time.